Well, good day, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jenica Hauser, and I recently became a content contributor for The Crude Life. And today we are here to talk with the CEO and president of the Colorado Oil and Gas Association, Dan Haley. How are you today? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. You bet. I looked over the website a little bit, and it uh, it definitely looks like you're always busy, it seems. <laughs> yeah, things are things never slow down in Colorado, that's for sure. That's uh, probably a good thing, though, right? Well, it's good that it keeps us busy, but it would certainly be nice uh, to get a bit of a, a break from regulations in Colorado. Oh, okay. Well, would you like to tell us a little bit about what you mean by that? Sure. Well, sure. This is just... Uh, we have been in sort of a constant state of regulation the past couple years. Really, if you go back about a decade, Colorado began a series of really uh, big rulemakings uh, regarding oil and gas and regulations for oil and gas. But really, since the election of 2018, uh, with a new governor in Colorado, Jared Polis, and you sort of had at that moment Democrats sweeping across the state in numbers that we hadn't seen since the 1930s. Uh, they wow. set into motion a series of rulemakings that have been underway since 2019, and a bulk of those have taken place this year. So really always a lot going on here in terms of the regulatory world, the political world, uh, a lot for us to do as advocates for industry and defenders of industry to ensure that we can continue to operate and produce resources in this state. Yeah, and I, I can imagine that might be made difficult with the uh, movement against the oil and gas industry. Yes, and so what you're seeing is uh, the movement in Colorado. There are there are some, I would say, a small number of people who uh, I would consider to be activists who don't want this product to ever leave the ground. And then you have sort of the the ruling class of uh, the Democrats who are in charge in Colorado now who want to pass regulations to ensure its safety, to ensure that we're we're producing this resource as safe as possible and as cleanly as possible. I think industry has been doing that for years, uh, long before these people took office, but that's kind of what's been happening now, is this push to make sure uh, that we are protective of public health, safety, welfare, and the environment. Well, and yeah, that does seem to be the the biggest concern that that gets uh, well that gets said anyway in regards to that movement against the oil and gas industry. It's interesting to me though there isn't a whole lot of talk for what has been going on. Would you be interested in sharing with us a little bit about what you guys have been doing? I noticed that on the website it talked about uh, the cleanest molecule in Colorado, which I found to be particularly intriguing. Sure. So um, we can we can talk about several different things. Um, one of the things that we hear a lot about in Colorado and really across the country is about climate change. And we have been in Colorado uh, sort of in front of the game on that and hearing a lot about climate change. And I think as uh, someone who represents industry, I think it's incumbent upon all of us to really learn how to talk about that and to understand what's being done uh, to address climate change, whether in Colorado or, or throughout the country. And, you know, noting that, that we need to do our part. And in Colorado, we contribute only 0.6% of the global greenhouse gas emissions out there. So that's a very good thing. Uh, but also needing to understand that we're not going to solve climate change from Colorado, especially when we're producing only 0.6%. So we need to talk about that. We need to talk a little bit about how we are part of the solution 
uh, with the increased use of natural gas uh, displacing coal and really what that has done for our emissions profile in Colorado and really across the country. But as we do that, what we're the discussion we're trying to have here in Colorado is to really look out ahead a little bit and to say, look, we understand that we need these resources for the long foreseeable future. We know we're going to need oil and gas for years to come. So if we know that, then shouldn't we want to produce that as clean as possible and really to use those resources that are being developed as clean as possible, which we believe are, is happening right here in Colorado. So what you have noticed, what we call the Colorado molecule, is really a way to show that the energy produced here in this state is cleaner, better, and safer than most anywhere on the planet. So again, we're going to continue to need this resource as a society. We should want to develop here in the United States, and particularly in Colorado, under these rigorous environmental standards and also using the technology innovation that has been pioneered in this country and particularly in this state to do that in a much better and cleaner, safer way. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's something that definitely needs to be talked about. What are some things do you think that were improved just within this last year? Just in this last year in terms of um, innovations or, uh, or yeah, Sure. So we have been, uh, there's been a lot happening in Colorado. I don't know what I can point to in terms of things that have happened just this past year. What we've been dealing with this past year was largely uh, those rulemakings and, you know, trying to get our arms around that. Uh, but there's been a lot happening in, in Colorado and elsewhere, really with, with just, you know, cost-effective strategies to really uh, reduce greenhouse gas emissions, to make this cleaner, new tank controls, uh, new uh, pipeline management, these non-emitting pneumatics. We have seen an increase in the utilization of electric drilling rigs and pumps, closed loop systems. Uh, you're beginning to hear more about carbon capture, storage, utilization strategies, and all of those things really have a role to play, I think, in, in, in the future. Um, what we're trying to talk about here in Colorado, and I think you'll see other people doing it across the country, is really how do we incentivize those things rather than these top-down mandates? Let's talk about what the end goal is. If the end goal is reducing carbon, then give us a, a chance at that. Give us a shot to reduce carbon through these technologies uh, that have been uh, employed out in the field and have been very successful to this point. What we have in Colorado is, you know, our governor is has set a, a 2040 deadline for an all renewable energy future. So he's picking uh, a winners and losers there. He's saying he wants renewable energy to deliver clean energy in, in 2040. And what we're saying is, if you what's your end goal? Is your end goal, you know, to reduce carbon? Then let's talk about that. We've got ways to do that. I think a 2040 renewable uh, standard is is impossible given what we know right now, given where technology is. And so why why sell people on an impossible standard? Let's talk about what's real, what's realistic, and what we can do to help meet those standards. Absolutely. I find that to be uh, particularly interesting considering how many of the renewable energy options that are uh, given or available to people still have to be maintained by use of of oil and gas. Right. Um, the wind turbines, you know, the, the yeah, charging it's, stations. It's the, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting conversation. I think what, the way we try to approach it is all energy sources have trade-offs. Whether you're mining raw materials in countries that make solar cells or batteries at these massive scales, 
or whether you're looking for landscape that you need to host wind turbines and, and solar farms, clearly that has an impact on our environment. And I think, you know, one of the clearest ways we try to explain this to people is that there's this desire for electric vehicles out there. And you look at the average electric car battery weighs about a thousand pounds. To produce that battery, you need 500,000 pounds of raw materials that are being mined from someplace else on the planet. And now that mining comes with an emissions profile, right? So you need to understand that this is not completely green. You also need to know that solar voltaic and wind blades, wind turbine blades, have components that are made possible by oil and gas, whether that's you know how the steel is forged or the plastics, the resin that's required during the manufacturing of those renewables. And then, so you have you know needing oil and gas for renewables, but then all the other things that come with oil and gas, medicines, medical instruments, you know, things that we're seeing that are saving lives during the pandemic, those are made possible by oil and gas. So we need to be real clear about why this resource is needed. And again, if we're, we know that it's needed, how can we then produce it in ways that are protective of the environment? And we're doing that in this industry right now. Absolutely. Well, and I see that there are many different events that you've got going on, even in the near future that um, it, it seems like are kind of geared toward helping people to understand the industry or becoming, you know, uh, advocates for the industry, being a part of the Colorado Oil and Gas Association. That's one of our missions as COGA is to make sure that we're educating not only the public and our elected leaders, but also people in industry. You think about the you know hundreds of thousands of people who are employed in industry. Some know very, you know, they know exactly what they're doing in their particular line of work. You know, maybe they're an accountant at a large oil and gas firm, but they don't really understand all the things that are happening out in the field to make oil and gas safe, to make it cleaner. And so we're trying to educate our workforce in what's happening in, in oil and gas. Uh, all those good stories, the, um, you know, not just are these these jobs are important, but these are this is why it's important. Right. And making sure that everybody understands what's at stake. And so when you become a voter you're voting on behalf of your interests. You're voting on behalf of, of your livelihood. So we want to do that in a lot of different ways. It's become more difficult in the pandemic, and especially in Colorado with some of the restrictions that we have in terms of you know gathering the number of people who can gather. So we're doing a lot of this virtually now, but you know that's another kind of cost-effective way of just getting that message out, making sure that Colorado, making sure that people in industry understand why we're doing what we do, why it's important, why it's good for our communities, why it's good for our state, and why it's good for our country. And then they can then share that with their friends and families. And we're looking for people who really want to become advocates, who want to say this is an important industry to our state. It's an important industry to our future, and we want to defend it and stand up for it. Well, I guess with that in mind, is there anything that you can think of uh, kind of moving forward? Like I said, I know I, I saw that there were quite a few events coming up in the next couple of months that I was looking at uh being hosted by the Colorado Oil and Gas Association, but are, are there any other um, projects or uh, new innovations oh. you'd like to talk about that we could be keeping an eye out for? Sure. I'll note one thing that is coming up, and there'll be more information on our website at COGA.org. And every year we host a Mardi Gras ball. It's a great time to get together as industry and really celebrate all the great things this industry does and celebrate those companies and individuals who uh, give of their time, treasure, and talents to nonprofits. Now, we can't gather in person this year, so we're doing it virtually. It's going to be a little different, but that also means people across the country can join us. And so we're going to have a party online. We're going to we're encouraging people to set up these 
house parties or office parties. And then uh, we're going to raise money for the Colorado Energy Foundation, which is an arm of COGA. And we have some cohorts this year, including Energy Outreach Colorado, which is a group that helps uh, low-income people pay their energy bills. And we have a few other nonprofits that we have partnered with uh, to raise money for them. So again, an important way for our industry to, to show our importance to the state and really give back to Colorado and make sure that we're supporting our nonprofit partners uh, and showing just the value that this industry brings to our state in many different ways. That sounds wonderful. Well, I guess, is there anything else that you think might be of, of importance that you might want to throw in there? Any ideas that you think might be pertinent, something that you think someone might need to hear? Sure. I think it's just important as you know, people who work in oil and gas or people who support this industry to understand that there's really not a realistic transition away from this resource uh, right now. There's no replacement product available for it. So an energy economy without local production means that we're going to import this resource from other countries that have poor labor standards and in poor environmental standards. We really don't want to punt our impacts to, you know, far corners of the planet. And this, so this out of sight, out of mind uh, strategy is really not an effective strategy. It's far better to work together to try to improve, you know, our operational practices, improve upon our technologies rather than to push this, you know, energy resource to some other place on the planet. We really need to be producing this here locally in Colorado and in the United States. The United States is the number one producer of oil and gas in the world. We need to make sure that that continues. That's good for our economy, good for national security, and really it is good for our environment. I think that last piece is often lost in this discussion, but we need to make sure it takes uh, front and center as we go forward. I 100% agree. And I think that probably the easiest and best way to get that out there is to open lines for that that type of conversation. I guess with that in mind, if there was a one place that you could send individuals to go looking for the the uh, information regarding uh, being environmentally friendly, other than obviously the website for the Colorado Oil and Gas Association, COGA.org, because there's a lot of really good information up on there. Where would you send someone to get themselves educated on this, though? Well, I, I do believe that, you know, we we try to compile everything at COGA.org. We have fact sheets there that go through this. And again, those are things that can be shared with friends and family. They're sourced. Uh, so there's just not our opinion. These are facts from often from third party validators or third party groups that are, uh, you know, giving you this information. So COGA.org. And then if you want to get more involved in this issue and really be an advocate for energy in the United States, uh, I would encourage you to go to COGA.org forward slash take action. And we have more information there on what you can do to get involved in, in, in the fight to make sure that we are able to continue to produce affordable, efficient, uh, and abundant energy for uh, Coloradans and Americans. That sounds wonderful. Thank you so much, Dan. I really appreciate your time today. Thanks for having me on, and thanks for talking about these issues. Anytime. All right. For those of you listening, that was Dan Haley, the CEO and president of the Colorado Oil and Gas Association. And you can find more information about what we discussed in today's interview by going to koga.org. That's C-O-G-A dot org. And if you liked what you heard, you can find more content at thecrudelife.com.